Hey guys, I'm Tamara Melton. And I'm Deanna Bellany. We are the co-founders of Diversify Dietetics, a nonprofit community dedicated to increasing the racial and ethnic diversity in the field of nutrition and dietetics. Welcome to Feed Me the Facts. Today we talk with Camille Range. She is a registered dietitian nutritionist living in Washington, D.C. She currently serves as a board member for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics and on the House of Delegates representing dietitians under the age of 30. Professionally, Camille served as a program manager for several public health research initiatives promoting positive health behavior changes in Hispanic and African-American mothers and preteen daughters. She then expanded her work working alongside the former First Lady Michelle Obama's Let's Move initiative during its five-year anniversary. Camille continues to inspire the next generation of changemakers to improve the health and systematic challenges faced by underserved families across the country. She works to increase diversity in the dietetics profession to achieve this goal. Camille is looking forward to bringing her experience and energy as a new senior manager of nutrition systems for Sodexo Schools, Mid-Atlantic region. And in fall 2019, she began her doctorate in urban leadership and entrepreneurship at the University of the District of Columbia. Let's get into our conversation with Camille. Hey Camille, welcome to Feed Me the Facts. Hey Deanna, thank you so much for having me. I'm yes, so glad I'm to so be here. I'm glad you're here. Um, and really excited to talk about leadership within the academy, kind of what you do within the academy, how you got there. Um, but first, can you just tell um, us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am originally from Chicago, from Oak Park, Illinois, which is right outside Chicago. Um, so I did my undergrad degree at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Um, that's where I did my DPD program. So I got really interested into the profession of dietetics because one, I was running cross country. And so that was pretty big as a means of like, how does nutrition impact your performance? But two, I've always been an educator at heart. And so for me, once I knew all of these things about nutrition, I was then like, oh, this is like not for me to just know. This is for everyone. And how do I spread this like knowledge and education? Right. So with that, my mom helped me, you know, find the actual profession of dietetics and like this is what it looks like. And so I was a part of a high school pipeline program that was exposing minorities that were from the city, from urban areas to agriculture and the careers that um, can come of agriculture. So that was a perfect pipeline for me to one, not only know the steps that it takes to become a dietitian, but then also the impact of agriculture as a means of nutrition and sustainability as well. So yeah, so I think that that's something that I've learned. It's a little bit different about my background when I talk to other dietitians, because just depending on like what college your DPD program was in, like you might have been like nutritional sciences and it's like really science-based or it's in like a health science field and you really just stick with the nutrition versus like me, like all the people in my classes were like crop sciences people, animal sciences people. So um, I really had like that foundation in like agriculture as a means of then also going into nutrition. But as I, I digress from that, um, <laughs> so then I did my master's of public health and my dietetic internship program at the University of Texas School of Public Health in Houston, which is where I met hey. your lovely self. <laughs> yep, that's where we met. Right? And so that was really cool too for us to meet because I think that having a master's of public health and being a dietitian is like opens up a world of doors for mm-hmm. 
the types of education that we can give, um, the different formats and environments that we can provide that education. So that's why I was really glad uh, to find that combo program and knock it out. And so ultimately now I've relocated to Washington, D.C., and that's where I'm here. And I'm working for Sodexo with their school contracts. I'm the senior manager for nutrition systems of the Mid-Atlantic region. And so ultimately what that looks like is then uh, Sodexo recognizing the other social determinants of health that go into nutrition systems and using the 14 dietitians across the region to really impact their communities outside of just the food service that they're providing to the schools, but how can they also get out into even more into the school, even more into the community to impact a healthier system. So yeah, so that's a little bit about me and like I love that. I am in my yeah dietetic pathway. Um, really cool, yeah. And so you also, um, I remember we met at UT, like you said. But I remember, I guess, shortly after that, I saw you at Fincy, and you were like mm-hmm. moving and running all over the place. <laughs> you were like at every event. You were on the expo floor. Um, so what did you yeah. do in the academy? Sure. So it was, I mean, I think that uh, for a lot of dietitians, depending on if your program director was a big proponent of you joining the academy, um, it was always that thing that you kind of knew about, like in the distance, like, oh, Mm -hmm. the academy. And so for me, it wasn't until my senior year of college where I was like, okay, I truly want to start getting more involved within my profession of dietetics because I just saw the capacity for everything that we can do and how much change that we can influence as a profession. And so I applied to the diversity leaders program and that essentially came out of the academy reju one, uh, redoing their diversity statement. And then in addition, they have had, uh, they've launched a strategic plan to implement these uh, different diversity initiatives from 2015 to 2020. So I served as a diversity leader from, I was a first class um, from 2015 to 2017. And really what that was, was bringing, it was myself and three other dietitians or dietitians to be, um, and really taking us and exposing us to the different leadership positions, how the academy is structured, the opportunities so that we felt empowered to go out and to continue seeking out leadership positions. So that's what the diversity leaders program did for me. Ultimately that led me to join the board of directors for the Academy foundation, um, which was really cool. So when I met you, that's when I was like ripping and running because um, at that time in my life, I was a grad student who was in the position of applying to grants. And that was the way that my programs were going to get funded. And so it was really awesome for me to have a position where I was on the other side and I had the money and I'm like, okay, I can really see how big foundations can make an impact um, based off of their giving. And how do you do that in a strategic and influential way? So yeah, so I served on the board directors for the foundation from 2016 to 2019. So I just hopped off of that. And then ultimately For me, that was also an experience where, of course, I'm not getting paid to do, this is all volunteer work. Um, Like I said, I'm really committed to enhancing our profession. But for me, that was also like, it was almost like a mini like post back or like a postdoc, you know, because I'm then meeting like all of these dietitians who are in leadership positions doing different things. I'm really involved within the academy um, as they're doing the strategic planning for the second century. So as a means of like the organization, I learned a lot about like, how do you do a strategic plan? How do you engage your key stakeholders mm-hmm. um, and engage your members to best serve them? So it was really an awesome time. And like I said, that ended uh, earlier this year. 
So as I was closing, I was like, okay, wait, no, I'm really enjoying all, all my leadership <laughs> positions. I got to keep going. Um, and so I ran for my first like actual like election or the election, an elected position. And that was to be on the board of directors, uh, holding spot for uh, the dietitians under, for a dietitian under the age of 30. And uh, luckily I have about three more years until that's up. So (laughs) that's why I applied to that position. Um, But that one's really unique because not only am I in the House of Delegates serving that position, but I'm also then a member of the board of directors, um, which is on the other side. And we can talk a little bit about like the governance and like uh, structure of the academy. But in my position, I'm able to serve both. And so that will be really awesome for me because both have different objectives. But at the same time, um, I'm still representing this dietitians who are under 30 and obviously that means a lot of students right and mm-hmm. early professionals and so I'm really excited about that um just as a means of like I said coming from the diversity leaders and making sure that we're engaging people um in different leadership positions and then at the same time coming from the foundation where we have the power to engage and involve and support dietitians in all their work so I'm really excited for this next chapter on the board of directors and in the hostile delegates that's amazing. Yeah. I think it's really inspiring, like for several reasons, like obviously you are relatively young in your career. Um, yeah. So being able to be kind of in those rooms, um, having a seat at the table, being involved in the strategic planning and being a person of color to, that can bring that perspective as well, I think is so cool and amazing. And I think the Academy is so interesting. I, I have never been able to like find my groove at like being involved consistently like I remember yeah when I like got out of school I was a a member and I like attended meetings every now and again and then I kind of like fell off and then I jumped back in I was like okay I'm gonna do some planning as a I think they called it like an area liaison in my state Um, yeah that fell off and then like jumped back in later on just here and there but I think it's really interesting to hear about like you getting involved in the diversity leaders program, which sounds like a really cool initiative um, mm-hmm. at the time that they were thinking about uh, planning the diversity. But I've definitely had a lot of conversations with people that like find it hard to stay engaged with the Academy. So what are your, like, do you have any tips um, or recommendations for those that are new to the Academy um, or new to the profession um, on where to get involved, how to get involved, and then like how to kind of grow within the academy if they want to be in leadership positions, kind of like ones that you've served in? Yeah, definitely. I think that for one, I like you said, I don't think it's uncommon for people to go in and out of like their engagement and their participation. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, I hope that everyone is still a member in some capacity, like in those times that they're kind of like in and out. But I think that's just like life, honestly. You know, yeah. it is a professional association. Um, it is a volunteering, you know, a volunteering position and a commitment that you make. And so um, I think that my advice to people who are wanting to get engaged or uh, how do I get started, I would ultimately ask them within their profession, within their uh, education, wherever they're at, how can this association support you, right? And mm-hmm. so if it is you finding dietitians that look like you, okay, that's where you go to a MIG and you find that support. If it's 
um, you're looking for dietitians who are ultimately doing the same kind of work as you, or you're looking for a mentor in a certain area, then you go to a DPG and you find, um, try to get involved in some capacity there. If it's you just wanting to ha- get more leadership experience in general, that's when, like you were saying, just turning to your like local affiliate and trying to be involved and do some do initiative that um, in that capacity or with your community or whatever it may be. So I think that for me, I always recommend people to think about what experience they want to get and then look into the academy and seek out the experience there. And I do think that is also a piece of, of that's really good that why I started as a diversity leader because it exposed me to all of the different services, all the different components of the academy so that I could then see, okay, so then I can go back and see what are my actual interests that are then going to lead me to go and do or be engaged in certain things. And so like I told you at that time, I was a master's student. I'm a graduate student. I'm like, I just want to be involved. I want to be on the other side. I want to know who makes the decisions, how. And so by putting that out there, then just putting that out there and letting that be known that that's the experience that I want. That's what I'm looking for. Then I got, I got nominated to be on the foundation board and serve in that student position seat. So I truly think it's about doing your research and then also putting yourself out there to go and like grab that experience for yourself. Um, Because I think there's so many opportunities and ultimately there's about like 70,000 members. So, you know, if, like I said, if it's you just finding people who look like you or finding people who are doing the same things and interested in you, um, I truly think that there's a way there's someone in the Academy who can definitely serve and support you. Yeah. And for those that don't know, the MIGs and the DPGs, MIGs are, MIGs oh, yeah. are interest groups um, right. and then DPGs, dietetic practice groups, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I would say. I do think it's, uh, it may be overwhelming. And especially I know for a student, like for me, it felt like it was like this mysterious land, like the Academy, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it really wasn't until like I started meeting. For me, it definitely started off like I hadn't met a dietitian of color at that time. So I was a mm. senior in college about to graduate and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Something's <laughs> weird here. <laughs> yeah. And so I and my I just remember talking to my mom about it. My mom's like, uh Google duh. And she's like, why don't you just Google she's like, why don't you just Google black dietitians? I'm like, all right. Mom. You're smart. And then Thank course, you, mom. Yeah, you're smart. And so then if you do that, then nobody comes up. And then there you go. There's right. a whole group of women who look like me have the same profession as me and can serve as mentors serve as support and so yeah it sometimes it just takes a little google search yeah <laughs> yeah right cool. um, I, but ultimately that's what you know opened up the gate to being more engaged yeah that's really great so we had a I guess, version of this conversation about leadership within the academy when you were running for uh, the House of Delegates position. Um, And in that, we got a few questions that I think were really important that I'm going to ask you now. So (laughs) go back on. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you kept note of those. I, yeah, I am too. I think they're really like things that people think about because I, again, like, like you said, it is one of the, our, our, largest professional organization for like nutrition and dietetic professionals. So I think people, there's an appeal to get involved, but kind of like you also pointed out, you know, the, the diversity issue is definitely apparent. So Mm -hmm. wanting to find the right spaces that accomplish like whatever um, desires you have at being involved in it can also be uh, hard to navigate. So I think everyone had really great questions. Um, The first one was, what is the Academy doing to address the extreme amount of privilege needed to complete a dietetic internship? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that 
I can speak more to this answer as means of like my experience on the foundation and I witnessed the academy being very passionate about donating money back to students and back to dietetics. So the academy, the foundation gives out like $1.2 million a year specifically mm-hmm. to dietitians and students who are wanting to be dietetics and they're the largest organization to do that. And so, for one, I found a lot of comfort in that, that there's actually an organization that's out there supporting us specifically. Um, And so, I always recommend to people to make sure that they're staying on the foundation website, watching the grants that are, watching scholarships that are going up, always applying to the scholarships, no matter what. I I applied a few times before I got one, but it's really about being relentless because there is... It is a very concentrated group of people who need the support to, like you were saying, go through a four-year DPD program to then do an internship and depending on if you're getting a master's. So I definitely am always encouraging people to, one, just go get the money that is out there on the table to support you. But then two, um, you know, I think the academy can do a better job of making sure that it's supporting students as a means of just mentorship and then also supporting the preceptors who then are also in charge of those pipeline programs and those essentially those upholding those ascend guidelines to getting through your education right Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me one of the struggles uh, one of the struggles that I had was that my preceptor was not open to the diverse experiences that I could be getting Mm -hmm. Um, She was very narrow-minded in, hey, this is how you get your diabetes experience. This is how you get your XYZ experience. And so for me, I always uh, have been very interested in making sure that it's the preceptors who are tapping into the next generation of dietitians to honor those diverse experiences and um, how those can play into obviously enhancing our profession, but also preparing us as students and preparing us as dietitians, right? So with that, yeah, I would say that I am, one thing that I'm really interested in is not only making sure that those pipeline programs exist, Mm -hmm. but then also, but then also making sure that our preceptors have the support to honor diverse experiences and essentially, and also diverse people within our profession. That's great. I feel like everyone has that like preceptor horror story, like really makes or breaks your experience. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that they have, I think for me too, learning more about like the Ascend education model and what it would take. I mean, like for me, it just empowered me more. I'm like, you know what, one day I'm going to be a preceptor or I'm going to have my own program because I know how much I can inspire other students but at the same time how we can really enhance our profession by having diverse experiences Mm -hmm. and really pushing the academy into the second century of what it means to be a dietitian and a nutrition expert right yeah so what do you say to I guess people that are members but aren't really involved or non-members that aren't involved Mm -hmm. at all at all Mm -hmm. especially those that are diverse are diverse dietitians and um, diverse Mm -hmm. dietetic technicians Because I can imagine kind of like the field is there's not that much representation in the leadership as well. Um, Yeah. So yeah. What, what's like, what would you say for why they should get involved? Like what's the why behind that? Yeah, I totally get that. Um, And just so you know, I had, I do, well, I do have some like data and stats from like 2013. I don't know specifically from the Academy, Yeah. Um, but essentially like the Academy, the academy's like members are predominantly white 
women. Right. Um, and so that looks like as far as from the, the 2013 numbers that I'm looking at, there was about 3% African-American, about 4.5% Asian-American, and then another between three and four percent of Hispanic or Latino. So just giving you context like to those actual numbers, like yeah. you know, that that is the reality of uh where those demographics break down. But what I truly like am always preaching to any member of a diverse a student or a member of a diverse community who is in nutrition dietetics, if you walk into a room and you're the only person that looks like you in that room, that is the exact reason why you need to stay in that room. Mm. And so there may be your own personal insecurities and and maybe, you know, maybe you do try it out in that room and that's not the room that maybe you necessarily want to be there personally. Maybe that's not the room that you feel like you can have the most effective change. I totally can relate to that. But for me, I think that in knowing that these numbers are true and they exist, that empowers me to make sure that I'm one, I'm going after leadership positions for myself. And then two, I'm making sure that I'm tapping everybody else around me who should yeah. be engaged and involved because I, it's obviously intimidating. I, for sure. But there's only so much that you can let yourself be intimidated by where you can, where you're going to stout your own growth and people are not going to even be able to reap the benefits of what you can offer to the world and to the profession. So I truly just try to get, whenever I have conversations with people, I try to just like knock a little of that intimidation out because those numbers aren't going to change tomorrow. It's right. going to take some time, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That's great. And then even thinking about, like, you know, the role of a dietitian as yeah. we practice, you know what I mean? Like, the, the community yeah, like, that and then we that serve too, right? like, so diverse. That's- that's the even more like obvious one is that, you know, um, that if we do have a population that is predominantly white and we have populations as we know that are obviously disproportionately exposed to other chronic diseases, diabetes, heart disease, obesity, all of these things, these are members of the, of another community, right? Mm -hmm. So we need people of those communities to come out and really engage themselves in the solution so that they can take them home to people who know and trust them and listen to their advice, you know? Great point. Um, So I think that plays really great into my next question. What else is happening from the diversity level? I'm sorry, from the academy level. um, What are the current diversity initiatives? You talked a little bit about out the diversity leaders program and I think they just had a new class start right About- yeah they did they just had a new class start what else they- is the academy working on in, in yeah in the diversity realm? For sure. so pretty much I mentioned before that the academy in 2013-2014 the academy sat down and created a diversity strategic plan mm-hmm. um, that was going to kick off uh, between 2015 and 2020. So we are like in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to tell you a few of those objectives, because there's pretty much, there's pretty much only four of them. So one of them is to recruit and retain richly diverse body of nutrition and dietetics practitioners. Mm-hmm. So of course, that's something that this is a five-year period, so that's like the overall goal um, in which they had a goal of increasing the diversity of their membership by 5%. Um, so we'll see in June 2020, once uh, the Academy puts out a report, this time period is end, the Academy puts out a report, we'll see how much those efforts have really, truly been pushed. And if we haven't gotten to the goal that we said they were going to 
do, I mean, that's where we start the conversation for the next strategic plan and what we're going to do in the future. Right. Um, Because I'm acknowledging that this is the first time, you know, this is the first diversity strategic plan that the Academy has even put into place for itself. Right. So Mm -hmm. now that we've done that, it's about holding the Academy accountable to the goals that we've set for ourselves. Right. So that's one. Then two was to also just build an effective program of community, community outreach to identify, identify those students so again that's about like those pipelines that I mentioned and how do you increase those pipeline how do you just increase we all know the numbers when it comes to like you know pass rates and etc but we still need to be pulling from a larger sample right Mm -hmm. and so there are things like um, there's a diversity grant for actual programs that are doing that and then there's also another grant or award I have all these names as well um, so I can definitely make sure that you have these like specific links but yes. the academy also has like another award for precept uh, program directors who need the monetary support to go out and uh, get that larger body right and whether that's yeah. like marketing to different people or creating that pipeline um, so that's one of them another is developing Developing effective publications and resources and CPEs, right? Um, I think that is really important, especially when it comes to the current body that we have. I mean, like we said, it's going to take a while to actually diversify and increase the numbers. But with the popu- with the professions that we do have, what resources are we providing them mm-hmm. to make sure that they are prepared to uh, educate those diverse populations? And so there's been a lot going into like the cultural competency. There's a cultural competency track at Fency now, yeah. um, making sure that like in our journal, we're making sure that we're uh, providing resources and on the website and et cetera. Um, so that's one. And then the last one is just establish strong diversity efforts at all levels of the academy leadership. Mm -hmm. And so again, that's going back into not only mentor, that's going into mentoring, mentoring, that's going into actually like people being in leadership positions. Um, and so again, you know, these are all ongoing things in which when the strategic planning period from 2015 to 2020 is over, we can, hold the uh, we can see and how well the academy did and if those goals if we need to readjust them if we need to create new ones if we you know can go back to the drawing table um so i really try to actually be inspired by that because the academy didn't even have a diversity statement until 1995 so that gives you a little bit of context of like this is definitely a new process but i'm also really grateful that there are things in writing in paper there are goals set with dates on them you know, that we can hold our, hold the the Academy accountable for. So that's just a few. And I definitely, like I said, I can make sure that I provide you with like those different resources and even uh, the diversity strategic plan. Yeah. We'll make sure to um, include the link to all of those things. Out of all of that, are there any, is there any diversity initiative that you're most excited about or like most hopeful about? I honestly, I think that I'm just, for me, I'm excited to just get to 2020 and see the yeah. results because, you know, I think you have to start somewhere. And so for me, I'm just like, I'm just super excited to see, hey, after 2020, this is what we've started out thinking that would work, right? And mm-hmm. everything needs modification. We can bring more people to the table. We can talk about lessons learned, things that we need to do. So I think for me, it's more about, um, I'm really proud of the Academy for, like I said, putting something in paper and actually putting a plan in place. And then we can go back to the drawing board and see what works and what doesn't work, you know, in 2020 after we've collected that data. So, so talking about leadership at the Academy, you're part of the house of delegates 
And that was the first time I had heard that that, there was a House of Delegates within the Academy. Um, So can you break down just like, how is the leadership structured? Maybe for for people that are interested in getting involved, like what does that look like? What are the different like branches or levels and what they do? Yeah, definitely. And I'm, there's a awesome infographic that I use when I'm explaining this to people. So I'll definitely make sure that you get this as well, but it's like just the structure of the Academy. So essentially there's the board of directors and there's 19 of them. And what the board of directors is in charge of governing is the actual Academy, right? So it's managing the fiscal management of the Academy, the awards that we give out, the publications, um, pretty much the actual organizational side. It's like the strategic planning, like what are we really, what is the organization doing for the members, right? Mm -hmm. But the House of Delegates is actually consisted of 106 dietitians and that's ranging everyone who's representing a state affiliate from a practice group to um, a retired dietitian. I'm representing 30 years of age or younger students, DTRs. So 106 of them are coming from all of the different levels and different uh, interest groups that you could be in the academy. But essentially what they are governing is our actual profession. So they're setting policies for position papers, for our professional standards of practice, um, you know, monitoring the trends of what's happening, membership, member issues that we're having, um, enforcing any of those bylaws that the academy has set. And so pretty much the House of Delegates is um, managing the bigger professional issues and the dialogue that comes out of that within our academy. So, yeah. Um, and I was mentioning before that my position as the House of Delegate representing 30 years or younger is really unique because I will be sitting in the House of Delegates, but I also will be sitting on the board of directors as well. So I'll really be able to get a, f- a comprehensive glance of like the organizational structure, but then also, you know, how we can impact change. Amazing. So, okay, board of directors, house of delegates. And mm-hmm. so total, what is it, like 106, and then you, you said Yeah, 30? 106 and then uh, 19. Okay, 19. But of those 19, three of them are already house of delegates. Of house of delegates. Yeah, so it's essentially 16 plus 106, so 122. And then yeah. I guess once you go below the, like, I guess that's the top of the leadership structure, then you have yeah. your, like, the state kind of affiliates right then you have your state affiliates i have another diagram i have another infographic for that yeah (laughs) so then you have um right you have your dietetic practice groups your dpgs your members and your members interest groups your migs you also then have the sector that it's end up which is specifically for the nutrition dietetic educators and preceptors um, you have ANPAC, which is our PAC office in DC, right? Making sure that rep- we're represented on the Hill and that dietitians are being called to uh, actually talk about nutrition when we're making nutrition and health policies, right? Um, then you have the CDR, which is which is our like a commission on dietetic registration. So that's everyone, you know, passing their exam mm-hmm. uh, and keeping up with their CPEs. You have Ascend which is the Accreditation Council for Education in Nutrition and Dietetics. So those, that is the body that's creating the rules of like, you know, you have to, the, new, the newest rule that we know is that now you have to have a master's, right? And so that's essentially keeping us up to date with the educational standards of being a dietitian. Um, and then last, uh, no, not last, but we talked about the affiliates. So you have your state affiliates and then you also have the foundation, which is its own separate arm, right, of giving from the academy. 
And so those are all the organizational units of the Academy. All of these people will be at Fincy, which I think is like really cool to see everyone in one place, which October 26th through the 29th. Yep. Um, In Philadelphia. And I think it's a great opportunity if like you're curious about any of these particular, I guess, governing bodies, you can kind of ask questions. Ascend's always there. CDR is there. Um, Yeah. I don't know. House of Delegates isn't really on the floor, so to speak, right? Right. They're not really, to my knowledge, they're not really on the floor. Um, I know that they use Fincy also as their time to meet. They meet mm-hmm. twice a year. And so Fincy's obviously one of those times. Um, but all of those organizational units are definitely represented at Fincy. And so it's just a matter of you looking on your app, asking an info desk, like, hey, where could I go and meet someone? Um, because all these, like I said, usually all these groups are meeting in some capacity at Fincy. Yeah. Um, and so it's just really about when you're going into fencing and that's like a whole uh extravaganza in itself it's really knowing what you want to get out of it uh going in with the game plan so if you know that you're interested in serving on like a dpg you're going into fancy like that's the top of your mind it's like i'm looking at their events i'm going to yeah. the booth you know and i'm educating myself while i'm here in person because ultimately everybody's going to fly back to their respective places right mm-hmm. um so it really is that time a really great time to get that in-person connection that's great. Um, I know we get asked a lot, you know, of course we are diversified dietetics is separate from the Academy, but we really work collaboratively with the Academy, with the um, dietetic practice groups and the member interest groups, because it's yeah. like you said, things won't change overnight and it's going to take a lot of hands to get things done. And so it's great to be able to kind of get a sense of what the Academy is thinking about and doing. And um, I'm really excited to see that data in 2020 and, um, have the conversations around like, okay, what's next in this, you know, next phase of strategic planning around um, diversifying our field. For sure. And I definitely think that while the Academy is representing us um, as a profession, the Academy can't do it on its own. Right. Um, And so the Academy is very, I think in my experience, like I said, I've been involved in a lot of the second century planning Mm -hmm. is are the Academy acknowledging all of the key stakeholders involved in nutrition, right? We are the expert knowledge, you know, we're the uh, subject matter experts, but the reality is we need all the partners across all of everything from sustainability to, you know, I don't know, whatever it may be. Um, I think that the Academy is definitely owning the fact that it needs to have the partners at the table because it can't do it by itself. Right. And so I really think that it's awesome that diversified dietetics is a nonprofit that ultimately has the same mission, right. Right. We're not competing (laughs) for the same people, right. We're ultimately still empowering people to um, pursue this profession and Mm -hmm. educate our public. Yeah. That's great. Thank you so much for breaking all of that down for us and telling us about um, your role uh, within yeah, the definitely. Academy. Any final words? Um, I guess final words would be that, again, if you are at Fincy, um, I'll definitely be there <laughs> running around <laughs> for usual. As but, usual, I would say. <laughs> as usual, yeah. But I mean, I think, you know, I'm no different from anyone else. Like we can all play the busy card, but um, I do think it's important for me to like put myself out there as well, because I have had this experience in which, you know, I was intimidated. I didn't think it would work. Um, but essentially my job and what I'm really passionate about is empowering everyone to get involved in whatever capacity that means. And mm-hmm. so 
you know, I'm always just putting myself out there as a means of if people want to email, talk, ask questions about the academy, or if they're just even looking for that connection. I definitely just want to make sure that I'm saying this right now that I'm open to people reaching out. And I totally thank you and Diversified Dietetics for giving me the opportunity to share that message as well. Absolutely. We're glad to have you as a community member and we'll see you in Philly. Oh, yes. See you in Philly. Very excited. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Feed Me the Facts. You can find past episodes and this episode on our website, www.diversifydietetics.org, as well as on the Apple Podcast app. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate, and leave a review. Last but not least, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Diversify Dietetics.